Hey everybody, happy Saturday. Hope you're doing okay out there. I know things are a little bit bumpy as usual. Got Bitcoin coming down to that very low level. Sorry, I was checking the audio. Like 40,600 is like the new little floor of the last two days and we'll see where we go from there. But I just want to share with you one of the things that I've been doing for more than two decades. And uh, I always try and follow trends and see trends and identify patterns and things. And I think there's one that's kind of important that I always believed in, but never had the data to prove it. So here we go. Uh, today, we are going to talk about crypto and the developer factor. All right. So let me make sure this thing works. And let's jump in. Happy Saturday again, everybody. So first of all, this is about math, money, and freedom. As you guys know, let me just make sure this is tracking carefully. And none of this is financial advice. It's pure entertainment, as you know. Edutainment, in fact. <laughs> so uh, let's jump in. So question is, if we follow de the developers, are we following the money? Let's go. Let's figure this out. Now, before we jump in, the day is very, very bizarre. We have a couple of things happening. We have two green spots. One is one of the best performing cryptos of last year, which is Solana. And one is the weakest performing ICP. They're the only two spots of green today. So there's a little, little, little bit of positivity there. We'll take anything we can get. But a lot of things are falling back into the kill zone, like Luna, like Phantom, and other good names as well. But let's tuck into exactly what we're talking about. Now, what I've noticed in my life in the past, and for being, you know, nearly 25 years in Silicon Valley, there's a couple of things that I did notice is everything happens in trends. When we look at the top developers, I used to work with a, a team of Bulgarian developers, and they always said there's no more than maybe 10 true rockstar developers on earth. But we hear about all the transition now. But when I go back in time, I remember in 1999, 1998, the place to be were like places like Oracle and Microsoft to work. And then Google came around and all the top developers wanted to bounce over to Google. And then Facebook came around in 2004 and all the top developers started leaving Google, moving to Facebook. And then in 2009, everybody started dumping Facebook and moving to Amazon Web Services and Square and other types of companies. Again, the point is, these are just examples. These are people that I know who are top developers who move from place to place to place. They were front running the stock market and the activity. And the penny didn't drop for me till like more than 10 years later. It's like, damn, my buddy who left Facebook early, just after they IPO'd, he joined this company called Square with Jack Dorsey. What the hell is that? The rest is history. Anyway, let's go and talk about some other people that support my theory. This is from Sam Lesson. He is from Slow Ventures. Now, what he has also noticed, uh, if you want to know where crypto is going, follow the developers. And that's the theme today. Now, this was a great article from uh, Seeking Alpha from Brian Stewart. And the big theme for this year, 2022 in crypto, and in a lot of metaverse, Web3, DeFi, etc., is going to be where the development mindshare is, where the best tools are, and where all the action is happening to build the best experience and create the most value. Real simple. And the smart people are already leaving places like Google and other top technology companies. And they're moving to this whole, I hate the term Web3 world, but that's what they're calling it now as well. Anywho, let's look at some of the chains and what we need to be aware of. And we are investing in this space. And this, for the average crypto investor, say, what the hell are you looking at the technology for? 
it's not important, but it is very, very important. So let's look at a couple of things here. First of all, I want to summarize this chart and the last two or three columns, I want to thank the team that helped me put this together. Uh, we'll look at these chains now. A few things fall out of here. We've got all the, some of the top names compared. Ethereum 1, Ethereum 2, Polkadot, Cosmos, Avalanche, Near, Solana, Binance Smart Chain, Phantom, Matic, Cardano. And we look at things like architecture. As, um, we look at security, consensus mechanism, the development environment, number of validators, economics, governance, transactions per second. There's a couple of things that really fall out when you look at all these top chains. And it is by no means comprehensive just to give you a feel. Okay, the first thing is single chain versus multi-chain will be the key to watch. I believe single chain will be the future. Second is security. Security is key, especially with all the scams and everything else that can happen out there on the hacks. But security, I believe, needs to be global, else it can open up exposure to threats. Third is the consensus mechanism. Proof of stake is the clear direction. Now there's talk of proof of history, proof of authority, all these different types of proofs. So we'll see where all that goes, but proof of work is definitely not the place to be. The other thing that really stands out, and I highlighted in orange here, is EVM is everywhere. The, enter the Ethereum virtual machine. Basically, it's the underpinning of most chains. Solana and Polkadot stand out in this regard. Uh, next one is validators. I personally believe the number of validators is key to decentralization. It's one of the key metrics to discover decentralization. And you can see here, some are becoming very decentralized, whereas others are very much lacking. Now, finally, things like uh, variable transaction fees seem to win the day. Governance needs to be on chain. Transactions per second is key. Uh, many people say that we need to build a chain that can do at least a million transactions per second to be able to support things like um, stock markets and other stuff like that. And there's lots of theoretical speeds from many, many chains out there, but there's no real life proof, but there is one that is the fastest. And yes, it does get congested. Yes, it went down for 17 hours, but other things get congested too. Polygon got congested the other day. Ethereum's congested every day. So just want to leave that there, but you guys know what the clear winner is in terms of speed. Now, the conclusion is the enterprise virtual machine is everywhere, but what does that mean exactly? So let's talk about sharding because ETH 2.0 is pinning their hopes on the capability of sharding. So a couple of things to note here is, uh, first of all, phase one sharding won't have any execution or EVM, so it won't integrate with the main net. So that's not a problem for phase one. But when phase two comes, it will have an EVM and it will introduce backwards incompatible changes at a smart contract level. Think storage. Now, however, the intention is trying to make these changes as developer-friendly and user-friendly as possible, but I have a funny feeling it'll be very tricky, and that could cause other problems down the line through sharding. Let's talk about sharding for a second. Many say, well, what is sharding, and is it bad? Well, this is per Sam Bankman-Fried. He is not a believer that ETH can scale at scale with sharding. Why does he say that? And he said, well, first of all, sharding is breaking the blockchain into a thousand pieces or 10,000 pieces. One person sends a message to another and another sends another to another chain, but it takes time to sync all of this up. This is the problem. Sometimes it can take up to an hour to sync things. And this simply doesn't work in today's world. You need instant verification uh, within a second or a split second. Also, he says, each sync also requires security. For example, 
a fake shard could be thrown in there and throw the chain out of whack altogether, or it could be a fraud exposure, hack exposure. And also, it's very difficult to work at scale. So that's the thoughts from Sandbank and the field regarding sharding. Who knows? A lot of people are believing it. Ethereum and Vitalik Buterin are pinning their hopes that it's going to help Ethereum to scale as well going forward. Now, let's talk about sharding weaknesses as well. This is a little bit tricky, but just to go a little bit deeper because it's important. Um, a criticism of the sharding approach is that while it scales a decentralized data layer, the scalability benefits are limited. Layer 2 scaling with rollups, for example, enables, like Matic, enables higher transaction throughput environments of top blockchains. But composability is, again, limited to within a single rollup, and cross-rollup communication is asynchronous. Now, remember, maintaining composability between applications while providing scalability is the main value touted by Solana. So here, I'm not shilling Solana, but it's a big difference and a big value. So again, sharding has problems. Solana doesn't need it as they go forward. So the question is now, let's talk about languages. So a lot of people are talking about, okay, there's Solidity, which is a lot of the underpinning for all the EVM stuff. And then there's Rust. Now, apparently Rust is the ideal smart contract language. And why? Because it's safe, it's memory safe, it's free of undefined behaviors, and it generates small binaries, etc., etc. Doesn't bloat like a garbage collector, and the, a bunch of other stuff that I don't really understand. I'm not a programmer, but these are some of the highlights as to why developers love Rust and why it's mostly adopted. But don't believe me. What do I know? This is a survey uh, from Stack Overflow. Now, while many languages fail to impress the coding ninjas, Rust has managed to win the hearts and minds of innumerable developers across the world for many years. Now, according to this survey, obviously Rust comes out right on top, and it was voted for the top position by developers for four consecutive years. This is also the language chosen by Solana to develop smart contract languages going forward. Not Solidity, not Java, not Haskell, not all these other type of languages that are out there. Now, why does this matter? Because the top developers chase max impact. They want to make a difference. Not only do they want to make some money on the side, but they want to want to solve hard problems. And developers are passionate, and they sacrifice their lives to solving extremely hard problems. And they do not want headaches. They have enough headaches trying to solve hard problems without having to jump through additional hoops of hard languages. So now let's look at the data. And this is from an amazing report from Electric Capital. It's 156 pages long of absolute detail from developer activity in 2021. And uh, let's look at where the developers are flocking and which chain is growing the most in terms of devs. Note, first of all, most chains take more than two years to attract developers. So the chain has to be out and live on the mainnet for two years before it even grows from a developer's perspective. Solana is the clear exception again in this. I know I'm going to be called a Solana shill boy, but I'm just looking at data here. That's it. Second, Solana developers are not only growing the fastest, they have 5x in a year, but it is far and far away higher than all others. The next highest standout was Near Protocol and Polygon Matic from this perspective. First data point. Let's look at some others as well, because we need to look at the also-rans. Now, the smaller developer communities, for example, um, Cardano has a third of the developers per this report of Solana, but 
Cardano developers were up 90% year over year. Binance was up 80%. Cosmos was up 70%. So there is a lot of good traction in some of the other chains to very high development. And I know Cardano had a lot of development done this year as well with all of the Merry Hard Fork and all the other activity. Now let's look at the smaller shops. These are uh, what, are, what are categorized as ecosystems with between 50 and 300 developers. Note Solana has a thousand. Here, uh, the top names are Avalanche, Algorand, ICP, Terra, Phantom. All had impressive growth in Forexing their devs. Uh, particularly, it's interesting to see that uh, ICP was one of the green spots today out there in the marketplace. So again, more data points. Now let's look at emerging ecosystems, excluding Ethereum, Polkadot, Cosmos, Solana, and Bitcoin. The big standouts here, again, is near protocol, while others are flatlining. So I will be doing a deep dive into near protocol because this is one of the key metrics that helps me identify if there's an investable opportunity, and that is developer activity. Why would developers flock to near if there's nothing there? Now, in the past, last time we assessed near protocol, it didn't have a lot of traction, didn't have a lot of dApps, didn't have a lot of developers, didn't have any TVL, etc. That's probably changing. So let's uh, look at how also some things can change out there in the marketplace. This is Avalanche transactions. They're munching on Ethereum big time. So the point here is one of Ethereum's biggest problems, of course, has been its ability to scale due to expensive transaction fees. Now, Avalanche transaction fees are a lot lower and it's scaling a lot faster. And this shows you how much activity is happening on the blockchain and how well it's managed to scale and also Avalanche has had a lot of developer growth too. So again, another proof point of an indicator. Now let's look at some other names as well. This is kind of tied to developer activity and user experience, the amount of total value locked. Now, this is from um, Solana Daily and DeFi Llama, and there have been huge moves across the different chains. And it's not all goodness uh, for Solana. So I will always share things fairly. So December was rough for all chains except for Phantom in terms of TVL growth. But, what we, and they had very consistent huge growth of 25% in December and 27% in January. But Terra and Binance rebounded nicely in January. Again, full disclosure, I own Phantom. I own Terra. I own Solana. Again, this is what I chase. Um, oh, I shouldn't say chase, but don't chase the place, of course. But while Avalanche and Solana were down 3 and 5% respectively. Now, there is some change coming as well. But we'll talk more about that. But let's talk about TVL and price. This is the correlation between Solana TVL and the price of Solana. And you can see here, it's, again, it's not all pretty. There is correlation between TVL and price, very clear correlation. And the graphic illustrates the correlation uh, of the price as the TVL shrinks, so does the price. Now, that being said, we've had an extremely bumpy December and January for many chains, not just Solana. I analyzed the top 20 smart contract platforms, looked at their performance year to date, 90 days, 60 days, 30 days. Everybody's getting crushed. It's not just Solana. But some of the other chains are still managed to grow during these times, like Phantom, like Luna. So let's watch that carefully. Now, uh, watch Binance too. Binance is kind of interesting. They did buy the 43,000 Bitcoin the other day, and they are collateralizing as much as they can. Solana will be added as a collateralized asset on Binance. So again, watch the space. Watch what Binance do. 
They are very clever, very shrewd, run the biggest exchange and have a ton of influence over the actual marketplace. So with that, let's go to the conclusions real quick. Again, this is one of the 20 data points that we use to assess a chain and growth and you know, is it investable or not? Follow the developers and the development activity. Very, very important. The best developers will build the best experiences and attract the most users, which in turn increases the value of the chain, increase the TVL, etc., etc. Now, they typically front run gains in chains, just like from my historical experience, they did that in software too. Now, developers pick the easiest and best languages to code. They're not inherently lazy, but they want to have the maximum impact. And remember as well, EVM is everywhere. Alternatives are rare, and there's a lot pinned to the success of Ethereum 2.0. If that does go sideways, that could have a negative impact on a lot of other chains too. So, and finally, watch Binance. So it's just my conclusions, sharing what I see with you all. Feel free to comment below on what you see. Maybe there's some other chains that have even more development activity. They have more than a thousand developers that have grown more than 5X, that have different languages that are better than Rust, etc. And do you believe EVM and sharding has its flaws? Would love to know. Anyway, thank you all. I know it's a deep, tricky subject, but to invest in this space, again, firmly believe this is a key, key factor to follow. So with that, everybody, hope you like the content and subscribe if you haven't already subscribed. Cheers all. Happy weekend. And thank you to all the moderators in the chat too.